once more and to breach dear friends. The word impossible is only in the dictionary of fools. If my descendants wish to be as strong as I was, they must study patience. The Ultra Working Podcast. All great events hang by your hair. The man of ability takes advantage of everything and neglects nothing that can give him a chance of success. Did you ever play sports at a high level? Basketball, rowing, skiing, anything? If you had, you'd have spent a lot of time on the fundamentals. Practicing the techniques, learning the game, and definitely rest and recovery to come back stronger. Well, even a top athlete probably spends less time practicing than you spend at a computer each week. Have you ever thought about how to take care of your mind and body given all the time you spend at the computer? It's a good question, huh? I'm Sebastian Marshall, one of the co-founders here at Ultraworking, and I'm here today with Lucas Cavarao, our brilliant head of data and a regular host at the work gym, ultraworking.com slash TWG, if you want to join in and you want to get some work done alongside Lucas and I. So without further ado, computer athlete, Lucas, is that what we're doing? <laughs> That's what we're doing, exactly. So as I said in the intro, right, you're, you're doing a lot of work um, at your computer, right? You spend a lot of time, you put lots of effort into it. And oftentimes, people don't think about the machine that carries your mind, right? The thing that actually does the work at the computer, right? And um, when, you, when you think about the activity and what goes into it, you kind of notice, okay, like high-level people in other fields, they don't just do the thing over and over, right? Like someone who does... Um, basketball, rowing, football, whatever, at a high level, right? They don't just play the sport. They train around the sport, right? And I think it, it's very, very important to think about that as well in terms of work and working and training around work uh, on the computer. Well, let's become a computer athlete then, right? So you got strength training, conditioning, specific drills for movement patterns, nutrition, sleep, recovery, setup, gear, equipment, everything. Um, yeah, this is legit exciting. Um, I think probably a lot of people have heard the UK cycling team story, but do we want to give them the 10 seconds on it, you know, as if they're not convinced already? Let's mm -hmm. convince people that it's important to become fundamentally sound at being at the computer Yeah, sure. So um, for those uh, who don't know, um, the UK cycling team for like 110 years, it was, I believe, um, they didn't have any major wins, right? And then they had a new coach who introduced the concept of like marginal, marginal improvements, right? 1% better at everything and that compounds. And that's More than just, okay, I'm going to cycle more, but taking care of everything, of sleep, using the right pillows, getting to sleep at this good best time, and that kind of stuff. Every little thing matters. Yeah, and they set a goal. I forget the exact story. James Clear is a great guy. He actually did a talk um, at Ohio State University for a, a nonprofit event I was running there. He's a great guy. He's the rare guy who's even more insightful in person, you know, among insightful people 
on the internet, but he's even better in person. James is an ace. And and he went through the whole story. So that's how I know it. And, you know, just things like, you know, is the bicycle seat exactly the right everything? But then I was shocked of like, do you have the right pillows and the right fabric on the pillows? And it's just like, well, yeah, that would, if you just get to sleep a little faster and sleep a little better, then that makes you a better cyclist. And like, how do you put, uh, you know, the bicycles in the van or whatever to bring them to the race. And I remember there was like all kinds of little things. Like I believe they painted the inside of their bicycle transport van all white. So they would see if there's any flecks of dirt or nonsense in there. They did, right. Yeah. And then, yeah. Right. And like that, that is not obvious. Right. But you just take every little edge and like they, what, they had some goal. I don't remember exactly what it is. James tells the story really well. They wanted to win like a, uh, start winning major bicycling championships after like eight years. Like, and they're like, Oh, maybe we'll get there in eight years. And they didn't get there in eight years. As James says, they got there in like three, <laughs> right? They just started to like, let's take everything seriously. Our air pressure and paint the in painting the inside of the van, the transport van, your bicycles go in, it, you know, they, they left no stone unturned. And, you know, you mentioned that I'm like, Oh yeah, I haven't thought enough about what I should be doing at the computer. So this is, totally makes an infinite amount of sense. This type of thinking should be applied. So what are we starting with the, 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 the more physical body fitness side of things? I think that would make sense. Yeah. Um, because I mean, we all know the, um, the visual of the person with a nerd neck, right? Like slumped shoulders <laughs> and, um, just slightly elevated head just to make it possible to still look straight ahead right and we don't want that because that seriously does impact performance um and these kinds of things do connect to the work right so um back pain rsi issues um these things can be prevented and you should prevent them to bring everything you got to your work right and that is it's super simple and basic but i I do think it bears repeating, right? Go to the gym, do it regularly, and make sure you train your upper and lower back enough. Um, don't focus on your abs, right? Like they're shortened enough. Um, but but do make sure that you have a strong back to be able to sit straight at the computer, right? There's a, a bunch of great videos uh, on YouTube. Jeff Cavalier, awesome trainer. Uh, we'll link that in the show notes um, as one part. The back is only one part, right? Like you're typing most of the time uh, when you're working. Um, and so you need to prevent RSI issue, repetitive strain injuries um, from typing in an awkward position, and um, strengthening your forearms, for example, is a very, very good way uh, to prevent that um, from happening. You know, I think people hear that and they're like, man, I'm so busy. I don't got time to do none of this stuff. And a lot of these things are things that you learn them once and then you're just good. I mean, you know, Lucas and I aren't saying that you got to go out and do an Ironman triathlete or nothing. You know, it's like you got to get the basics down. If you're going to the gym and you're doing a full body workout once a week, I mean, the little things to, you know, figure out how to stretch out your arms, your shoulders and stuff like that. Like you just do it once and you just almost do it reflexively throughout the day and you're way likely to be healthier and not be, you know, kind of limping around as you get a little older. Likewise, everybody really should learn how to touch type correctly. I mean, I, that kind of sucks and does take a little while, but like you get the, the basics of it. If you never learn to type correctly, you know, you just kind of figured it out and your, your typing is sloppy. Like take a course on it at some point, you know, I do the instructors, a lot of people that do this. Um, if you want to take your typing speed up, 
which also minimizes the time you got to be at the keyboard and it's a great thing in life. You know, then you go play a, a typing game or something for a while. Z type is okay. There's a ton of them though. Um, so you, you find a typing game to play and, and, and you get locked in, you don't want your arms to be all screwed up. You don't want your back screwed up and things of that nature. But we went to the 80, 20 on sleep, Lucas. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, um, obvious that mental performance, um, goes down, um, tremendously when you don't sleep enough right so do make sure that you sleep and um, there's a great book uh, why we sleep uh, link that in the show notes um, if you want the the full details but just the the 80 20 is block blue light in the evening uh, when you move your sleep schedule around um, set the sleep onset timer so set yourself an alarm for when you want to get to sleep not um when you want to wake up that helps um yeah in, in moving that around all right well so in case people don't know the blue light thing in case we get super popular among mainstream people this is a nerd thing apparently there's some theory and i guess it's well validated um apparently it's blue light really wakes you up so so light's a, a spectrum or something i don't know enough about optics to know what light is exactly but apparently there's different qualities of light there's there's blue light and red light and some other sorts of things apparently blue light is the one that really wakes you up you know you beam in your eyes with artificial light you're staring at a screen you're staring at your phone it messes you up so the blue light blockers are um there's an app called flux um yeah i think um i'm on a mac so um night shift um on on mac and ios that's baked into the system itself just have to enable that um, and uh, that works wonders. Uh, dimming your light in the evening, like if if you have uh, like turning the color a bit warmer, if you have like Philips Hue, uh, whatever lights, uh, that can be super useful. Also as a trigger to go to sleep when you set that on, on automate um, would would be another small tweak you c- you can do to make going to bed easier there's these sunglasses too called i believe gunners is the brand but there's like knockoff brands as well and they they look super cool and you're blocking the light and you just kind of look like a fighter pilot or something it's kind of it's, it's not silly they actually look quite cool so you put those on after a certain time it blocks all that artificial light that's being beamed into your eyes now you mentioned something about train for sleep onset and and not wake up time and i we 100 agree with that if you do the pentathlon ultraworking.com slash pentathlon you know that is a scored competition to get your sleep schedule, nutrition, fitness, daily planning, and most important work done for two weeks in a row. It's actually scored. You're on a team. There's a team chat that's integrated and a bunch of supporting elements. So a lot of people join, just, we do them about quarterly, and a lot of people join every single one of them because uh, it's just a complete reset in your habits. It's great for CEOs that get out of sync. We have a lot of really, really sharp people. And there are a lot of attorneys, a lot of CEOs, a uh, few grad students, um, a fair amount of people that just do intense and demanding things. A lot of creatives, actually. More creatives do the pentathlon um, than, than you'd think because it just gets you dialed in on all the healthy stuff. And here's the thing. We were, we were setting up. Everybody thinks, oh, I wake up at 4 a.m. It's like, wake up at 4 a.m. is not praiseworthy if you went to bed at 1. <laughs> As someone that does this from time to time, I don't encourage it. Um, those three-hour sleep nights are not good. Don't do it. Um, we were like, we don't actually even care what time people wake up, but that's how people relate to it culturally. Just go to bed at the same time and wake up whatever time your body needs. So we, we set a, you have to set a sleep time and a wake time you know, on the pentathlon. And we actually to tell you the truth, care more about the sleep time. Like, great, fine. Wake up at seven, but you know, make darn sure if you need eight hours, you're going to bed by 11. Duh. Right. But, uh, that, that sleep onset time is, is absolutely key off the top of your head, Lucas. I'm not using one, but there's different, um, some people like this where they can like get a circadian rhythm tracker that like recommends when they go to bed or something like that. Do you know anything about that? Well, uh, the one I'm using is my aura ring. 
um, and that gives me an automated alert based on my history of how I sleep when I go to sleep and that kind of stuff. Um, that give, tells me when my ideal um, sleep time is, um, and that's been super useful uh, for me. So I can only speak about the Aura Ring, uh, but th that thing is is amazing. All right, I guess we got to make the mandatory disclaimer now that the aura ring is not a weird spiritual thing it's a, hard, it's a hardware device that tracks sleep and heart rate and stuff uh o-u-r-a we'll link all this in the show notes um so yeah sleep well and, and use the computer um intelligently in that thing um there's another book take a nap change your life kind of a lame title but i think it goes through the circadian rhythms and the old trading rhythms and things like that that is pretty good recovery lucas in and above sleep yeah, so um, the the main thing here is that you really should pay attention to your morale and energy levels over time and figuring out when you need to switch from going hard to, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of recovery recently, right? Like, so we had um, yesterday in, in the work gym, I had a, an awesome um, speaker break with one of our uh, customers, um, Hannah, um, who's who's tracking morale and energy over time and she um figured out i gotta i gotta stop you i gotta stop you. you're gonna tell me about hannah but everyone's confused by this morale and energy thing so for the people that don't know we uh as part of what we do uh, over here at ultra working if you do work cycles you do work cycles for free ultraworking.com slash cycles go download it use it we do that as part of any work session as we track how our energy morale is changing every 30, 40 minutes. Um, and when we say energy, we mean physically how you're feeling. Are you hydrated? Are you alert? Have you eaten? And things of that nature. Are you, are you ill? Anything like that physically. And morale is like, do you like what you're doing and how you're feeling or not? And most people are unable to distinguish between the two of them. So when somebody new starts tracking their energy morale, they tend to track low energy, low morale. High energy, high morale. It's like, no, you got to get good at discerning what's going on with your body. So if you wake up at 8 a.m. and you slept well, you have a breakfast, you have a coffee, everything's, but you're doing your taxes and your records are a mess for last year. You're like, I don't want to do this. High energy, low morale. If it's 11 at night, you've been working all day. It's one of those breakthrough days. You're changing your life. It's amazing. You wish the day would never end. You wish every day could be like that, but your eyes are falling down tired because you've been up since early. Low energy, high morale. So you distinguish between the two of them and it's very, very big. We're, we're big on this at ultra working and learning. Most people just think how I'm feeling is my energy and morale. And they're unable to distinguish whether it's a physical and biochemical issue or whether it's more of a subjective perception inside your head. And of course they track. If you're having a very bad time physically, your morale is probably low too and vice versa, but not necessarily. So take us back away. Lucas, how's Hannah doing? She's, she's great, by the way. So I, I, I wish I was there. But yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, so Hannah talked about her tracking practice for morale and energy. And over two months, she figured out, okay, when I have a um, day where I'm less energetic, where morale is less than usual, if I schedule some recovery activities in the afternoon, I bounce back to 100% performance the next day, right? So you don't have to be afraid of, uh, okay, I'm going to fall off the bandwagon. If you know, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, I bounce back the next day, everything's going to be uh, perfect again, right? And that awareness, um, I think, is something when you train that, that pays off tremendously when you know what to do during that time frame then. Yeah, 100%. That's a great observation. And, you know, for the math geeks out there, you know, if you're working at 40% of your theoretical yield, 
right? You know, you're working at 40% of what you're capable of doing. That's your speed and quality of output or whatever, assuming this is all linear. And if it's nonlinear, it's even more extreme. If you're better, better when you're better. Um, you know, if it takes you, if you're going to work three more hours and it takes you an hour to get to 80% via a nap or sleep, well, like, hello, you've actually, you're ahead on output and you feel better. So I'll say that again, if you're going to work three more hours and you're only at 40%, you're tired, you're kind of out in space, you take a 30 minute nap, take a 30 minute, whatever, shower, chill out with a cup of tea outside, you know, looking at the sun, the, the horizon, right. And you chill out for an hour and you can get back to 80. You often can, especially if a nap's involved, but there's other things, there's fitness, there's taking a cold shower, it's taking a hot shower. There's a lot of things. If you can get back to 80%. So you're double your pace then you get the equivalent of two sleepy hours of work. You know, you, you get, you know, instead of three sleepy hours of work that feel bad, you get the uh, equivalent of four of those sleepy hours of work. So you get more work done and you felt better and you took care of yourself. This is a life changer for some people. A lot of people just power through stupidly when they're at a low percentage of their yield when they, and like, okay, sometimes like the deadlines in two hours and it's just like, all right, hit the coffee and just do your best. Right. But you know, if you're working on anything long-term and you find I'm, I'm like compromised, I'm below half of my, uh, normal ability. Um, if you can get that back up in an hour or two, which you usually can, you might need to learn what works for you for recovery, but if you can get that back up, it's like really good to do that. I don't know why people don't do this. They need to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. And another thing, and that's something I learned from you is actually, you mentioned showers and, and um, that kind of stuff is spacing out refreshing activities. You told me once, and that was a life changer for me, is that many people kind of schedule um, a lot of refreshing activities right in the beginning of the day, right? Like you brush your teeth, you um, get a coffee, you shower, whatever, everything like in a 20 minute span in the morning. But if you can space that out, you get all the things you want to get done, right? You do want to take a shower, but um, doing it a bit later can function as a break that refreshes you again, right? Totally. I, I will rant about this. I'm going to stop myself from doing it right now. I could rant for 20 minutes about this, but most people do wake up, brush their teeth, shower, have breakfast, have a coffee, get dressed in nice, clean clothing, um, do some other stuff, tidy up, right? Do all of this stuff in a row. Almost all of those are rejuvenation activities and you just stack them all in the morning immediately. And then, okay, now I'm going to work until lunch. Uh, that's so dumb. Get up, you know, Like maybe have a coffee first if that's your thing. Or I actually, as a heavy caffeine user, I'll actually just take a caffeine pill that's the equivalent of one coffee. So I'll wake up faster and I won't have coffee for like an hour or two into the day. Um, you know, caffeine's over the counter in the United States and, and varies by place. It's not weird or scary in my opinion. It's, you know, whatever. It's very safe stuff in my opinion. Do your own research. But uh, I'll do that. I just start working right away. And then after about an hour, you know, okay, the morning slowdown is happening a little bit. Take a shower feel great. Come back, do some more work. All right. Work for an hour or so. Then, you know, then go, you know, get on the next thing, have a breakfast, work for an hour or so. Then I'm going to like leisurely make a nice coffee with the French press. This is if I'm working from home, which I like to wake up early, work from home and then go to the office. Um, 
yeah, it's just much better. I could go on a rant forever. Like, why are you stacking six rejuvenation activities in a row, you know, at the very start of the day and then none for a long time, space it out a little bit. Think just design your life a little bit. It's a game. It really is a game changer. I really want to underline that point, but you're probably getting a bunch of really good points. Now the stuff, you know, more about that. I got to invest more in Kai's big into this. I'm not doing enough of this desk, chair, keyboard tools. Yeah. So, I mean, any athlete takes almost great pride in the gear they use, right? Like it's the right shoes, it's the, it's the right bike, it's the right um, saddle for the bike, right? Like we talked about with the UK uh, cycling team story. And um, the same applies to office work, right? You do want to make sure you have a desk that is at the right height, right? You can get like auto adjustable desks, like standing to sitting, whatever, but mostly make sure when you're sitting, the desk is at the right height. The chair, right? Shouldn't hurt your back, shouldn't constrain you in a way that makes you move in a weird position. And the keyboard, most people use a, a normal keyboard, like they come with a computer. Um, I've recently gotten myself a split keyboard, um, like splits cleanly into halves. And that has been tremendous for wrist pain for me from typing all day, right? And making sure that that I don't get, get tightness and, and just pain from, from typing eight, 10 hours a day at my computer. Yeah, standing desks are good too. Kai's huge on the standing desk thing. Um, over at the office, there's this one in the, there's kind of like a common area. It's like a co-working space and we, we got a part of it. And there's this one like high, high, high table. It's got like bar stools around it. It's about standing desk height. So I'll alternate between sitting and standing with this kind of bar stoolish high chairs, um, and that, um, and rotating and moving around. I also like to rotate where I'm sitting from time to time. Sometimes when I find myself uncreative, sitting in a different position. So sometimes I'll kick it if I'm home with these like big fluffy chairs. And then I got my desk, which is like, you know, like uh, actually a, a, both a table and a desk. And my desk is kind of like a kind of like a cockpit of a fighter pilot. It's like, it's a kind of tight, but it's good. Um, and the table, I can spread a ton of stuff out on, but then there's like big fluffy chair and the couch is biased. So sometimes I'll just sink into the fluffy chair, flip my keyboard on it. And it feels a little bit like it, it does take a little bit of the edge off. I'm a little less angspant when, uh, when I'm, when I'm kicking it in the chair, but, but sometimes that's what I need creatively. Or sometimes if I don't like the work I'm doing, I'll do that. So sometimes I do email in that chair. Whenever I sit in that chair, email goes a little faster. Um, to the keyboard point, that's interesting. I know a lot of people like to get a second and computer monitor that's more of a, that's a to some extent a productivity thing but you can also look at where you put your eyes and stuff and you know if you're looking down on your desk at your computer your neck might be at a weird angle so um in those cases sometimes you know if you have a second monitor that can alleviate that or sometimes you can mess with the height of stuff with like books and stuff it's kind of like a trial and error thing and, and learn a little bit about it keyboard thing i want to look into usb keyboards are pretty good these days, I think people should probably look into that. Um, so these are all good things. And are we going to tell people to not eat too many carbs at lunch now? <laughs> well, I think the, the main point here for, for nutrition is that you need to experiment, right? I mean, uh, we don't want to say, well, you have to eat keto or low carb or high carb or yeah, what but, have you. But don't, right? eat, but, but don't eat too many carbs at lunch. I mean, yeah. come on. But okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Right. Because, um, and the, the point here is you need to watch yourself. You need to pay attention how you react to certain foods, right? And I think both you and I, we've made the observation that eating a high-carb meal for lunch 
just um, lowers right energy. Right at the time of day, right <laughs> the the of day you're getting tired. Don't do it. Yeah, experiment. Maybe it works for you, but it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. Don't do it. No, I mean experiment. Continue, Lucas. Pardon me. No, no, no. It's 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 right. Right. Like don't don't eat carbs for lunch. Um, but do make sure you also experiment with okay, what uh, types of food um, are good to to eat for for mental performance? Right. Like is is a certain um, nut mix that yeah that they have at your local store really good for like snacking? Is um, do you react badly to certain foods, but you haven't noticed um, yet? And that kind of um, gives you some issues um, because nutrition, like it's the fuel for the machine that carries your mind, right? And you should pay um, a lot of attention to what fuel you put into the machine. There's plenty of things if you're eating kind of bad, you don't realize just how bad they are for you because your whole diet's a mess. But you get on like a very bland diet. And I mean, even finding this is an exercise in and of itself, right? Because oatmeal suits me very well. And I've had some people just tell me over and over and over again that oatmeal is not good. And I, I'm fine with it. You know, I just get the whole oats and pour boiling water on it. And it works for me. It is totally fine. Eggs are good for me. Brown rice is good for me. Different stuff is good for different people. Um, so I get to a bland diet, not too much in it, just very flat, chicken breast, brown rice, some vegetables, eggs, oatmeal, that kind of thing from a very set menu. And then I'll try one food and see how I feel. You know which one, like I, I won't even eat it anymore. Like even if I'm really hungry, it's the only thing that's around are, are peanuts. You know, like they give you on airplanes, Interesting. Right? Okay. Dude, I feel terrible when I eat peanuts. And I didn't realize that when my diet had a lot of bad stuff in it. Fried food too. Fried food wrecks me. And I, li I, like, I like the taste of it. Don't get me wrong. I will not eat fried chicken. I love fried chicken. I won't eat it. It just makes me feel like hell. I, I just don't like it. And I only realize this with on-off experiments. So if your whole diet's junk, you don't know. And also different times of the day. Different. I, I, I like my pasta. I still eat pasta. I, like, I have a nice pesto pasta with chicken for dinner. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know enough about the science behind it, but something about like what's happening in your afternoon, you know, biorhythm, sleep rhythms, whatever that stuff is, um, combined with, uh, I suppose the insulin from the carbs, that stuff just takes me out, man. I just, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to have whatever for lunch, but just not heavy carb a little bit's okay. But yeah, on off experiments, find what works for you. And like, you know, I, I think before we close out this show, Lucas, I think there's two things we have to address. A lot of people are afraid to experiment, right? They're afraid to put out a hundred bucks. What if it doesn't work? I'll send you out a hundred bucks. And I mean, if you could get a nice keyboard and you resell it, you're not, not out that much cash. You know what I mean? You're like, you're out whatever the difference between re eBaying it is, right? You're out 20 bucks. Right. Um, and second people are like, I don't know. People are weird about experiment. That'd be hard. It's really easy. Eat boring for a couple <laughs> weeks until you got baseline and then eat some peanuts and see how you feel. Eat some cheese and see how you feel. It, it's dumb to not, lay out a hundred bucks to see if a new keyboard works better for if you're traveling all the time, you can't pack your keyboard. Fine. doesn't work with your gear setup. I get it. But why won't people throw down the hundred bucks to try a nice chair, 40 bucks to try a keyboard? It's, it's dumb, man. What, what up with that? Um, not sure, but I do think it is a mindset you can train, right? Like you kind of have to, um, think of yourself um, from an external point of view and you and your life are kind of an experiment and you observe like you would observe an animal in the wild, right? And you, you see, okay, uh, this is interesting. Uh, animal Lucas is behaving very weirdly when he hasn't slept uh, properly and he's eating junk. Interesting. Okay, what can we true, uh, do as an experiment to see what changes that? Right. And if you can get to that 
external observer point for yourself, I think it becomes quite natural um, to do these kinds of experiments. That's what's wrong with people. They're not scientists. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible, but it's true. But it's true. I think I think people are like, oh, what is that going to mean? That's a lot of work. It's like, no, it's not. Just like you're you're accidentally doing new things and different things and varied things all the time. Put a little bit of control in place, right? So if you're having 100% different foods every day, you kind of can't tell on off which ones are working for you, right? So just put it under control for a week or two, not for the rest of your life. And then pay attention when you eat something different to see how the pasta suits you or doesn't. It's We're kind of like being scientists of our own lives, aren't we? Yes, and that uh, in the context of being a computer athlete, right? It's like it's it's interesting how both of these go together because uh, athletes are in a way scientists of their own performance, right? And if you want to be a serious computer athlete, then you kind of have to also become a scientist of your own performance. We'll leave you with that. This was a great time, Lucas. Always a pleasure. Uh, Lucas is hosting regularly at UltraWorking's work gym, ultraworking.com slash TWG. Obviously, I'm in there too. Thanks for joining us today. Feel free to tell your friends and family about the podcast. Obviously, we'll appreciate it, but you can sometimes it's easier to test things when you're doing it with each other. You know, we're Lucas and I are always riffing about our experiments. Um, and, and it makes it very supportive. Instead of like you're the weird person with a weird keyboard, it's like we're the weird people with a weird keyboard whose <laughs> arms work correctly. So, Lucas, it was a pleasure, sir. Thank you for all the insights as always. Thank you for having me. This was this was huge fun. Dear reader. Please become a scientist of your own mind and body. All right. That's, uh, that's Lucas and Sebastian signing off. Thanks for joining us. Always appreciate your time. Good luck and Godspeed.